Welcome to Engage Boise. We hope that you enjoy this live recording of our Sunday service. First Sunday of 24, we are talking about hitting the reset button. The reset button. Uh, hey, well, when you guys sag me a bottle of water, I forgot to grab it before. Uh, Greg, our, uh, my resident guy who fills up my water every week, is homesick. So love, and, love you, miss you, Greg. We're praying for you. And uh, can't seem to get my own water without Greg here. Man, it's pretty tough. Uh, we're talking today about the reset button. My hope today is to send you out of here encouraged by what God has for you in 2024. I believe that God wants you to know today, no matter how life has been for you lately, God wants your upcoming year to be good. Even if it was awful, even if you like staggered into it, God wants it to be good. God wants it to be good. Hopefully you got uh, on your way in, let's see, one of these little cards that was on your, ch- on your chair. Uh, it says reset button and it's got six things on it. We'll kind of reference them as we go through. Uh, hopefully, thank you, I appreciate that, thank you. Hopefully you got one of those little cards. They were on your chairs, I think. Um, and uh, the wheels in your heart and your mind may have been turning uh, about just how the year can look different. If you're around my age, you may recognize this little device here uh, on the front. I left the controllers on it, even though it looks a little messy, because this is, if you had one of these, this is how it looked all the time. You wrapped the cords around it, it stayed plugged in, you put it on top of the TV, you hope the dogs didn't chew the cords in half. Maybe that was only in my house. <laughs> that did happen in one of our controllers. You see the reset button, which is this little, it's got two buttons on the front right here, right? We got power and we got reset. I should have plugged it in so you saw the lights. Got the reset button right there on the front. The reset button was awesome because the reset button made it so you could start over. Just so happened to have a Nintendo right here when I was, I think I was eight or nine. We had moved back to Idaho. We moved back when I was eight. I remember what house we lived in. I don't remember if I had turned nine yet, but I remember I wanted a Nintendo. This was the original, like, really cool thing you could have in your house. I wanted a Nintendo, and they were $99. My parents told me if I paid for half that I could have a Nintendo. So I don't remember what I did. I mowed lawns or something. I was nine. I couldn't have done that much. But I earned my $50, and uh, we went out, and we got the Nintendo. I think we may have gotten it from, like, Costco or something. And I just want to tell you, if you're here this morning and you are, like, a younger person and you play video games... Video games used to be so much more difficult than they are now. They used to be very, very difficult. It's, oh, well, I'll just go into, we'll talk about this later, Pastor Joey. Here's the reason. For many reasons. One of the reasons is that now you have this thing called the internet, and if you get stuck, you go Google, how do I beat game level, fill in the blank. That did not exist back then. So there was not unlimited advice on how to win. The only advice on how to win was this very expensive magazine called Nintendo Power that you like had to order, and it had little guides for all the games. My parents would let me order that magazine, enough video games in my life. Um, for two, early on in the games, especially on this device, almost always you could not save your progress. So if you died, you died. Couldn't save your progress. Some of these games were just diabolically difficult. There's a Nintendo game uh, from back in the day, I don't remember the name of it, but where the game designers were so just mean, they, they made the final boss unbeatable on purpose. They made it so you could not win no matter what, and they didn't tell anybody. No one figured it out till later. If you had one of these consoles, there was a game that came with just about every one of them that was purchased. And the game was, of course, Super Mario Brothers. And you probably got used to hearing the sound that Manasseh has for us. Let's hear it, Manasseh. 
probably heard that sound if you played Super Mario Brothers. So what was the reset button for? Right? There's two buttons right here. It's this guy right here. What was the reset button for? The reset button was for if it was going so badly, no matter what game you're playing, that you wanted to start over. You're like, I've had enough. You didn't want to keep trying to win. You didn't want to see if you could survive to the next level with the measly amount of lives you had left. You didn't want to never play again, but you didn't want to keep going. So you'd reach out and you would just mash this button right here. Reset button, the effects are obvious, right? The effects are a fresh start. Fresh start. But also, when you push that button on the front, it means that nothing that happened previously existed anymore. As far as the game's concerned, it all went away. In our lives as humans, as followers of Jesus on this earth, don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I sure wish there was a button like that that existed. You go through a day or a week and you're like, boy, that did not go how I thought it would. <laughs> Where's that button? I'll just hit that guy. Man, that, I really messed up that opportunity. Really damaged that relationship by something I said or did. Let's just pretend it never happened. Where's that button? Well, the truth is, and your parents, because they're good parents, they probably told you this, life is not a video game. Hate to burst your bubble, life is not a video game. It's not quite the same as Super Mario Brothers or Contra. I think Metroid is the one that's in it. This is Pastor Chase's old Nintendo. I think Metroid is in here. Super Mario Brothers, Contra, or even Tecmo Bowl, or Halo, or Gang Beast, or Minecraft, whatever modern video game you want to put in there. Life's not the same as a video game. But there is good news today. Even though there are consequences in our life, and as much as we would like to, we can't erase them with the press of a button, there is good news. Even though there's no way to erase the past, we can press a reset in our hearts. We can't erase the past, but we are able to change our focus. Can't erase the past, but we are able to change our focus. And today, if it's been a month or a week or a year or a decade that you would like to forget, we want you to know today, God wants you to know, there's hope found in Jesus and in the word of God that we're going to look at today. There is hope in Jesus. If you need a new start, it's found today in Jesus. What we're looking for today is people because we know that completely starting over, wishful thinking, it would actually be pretty dangerous if we could do it that way, right? If everyone who made a mistake could just go back in time because all the consequences would be messed up. What we're really looking for in our hearts and our lives is a new start. If you have your Bibles, you can turn off Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. It's a short passage today. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in a city called Philippi. Keep in mind that as we read these encouraging words from the Apostle Paul, he's writing them from prison. He's in prison. This is what we call one of the prison epistles. And let's read just these few verses, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through uh, 14. I'm in the wrong spot here. Here we go. I'm reading to you the NIV this morning. Paul says this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining on toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. I believe this passage holds the key for us as believers to walk into what God has for us in 2024. 
And I want to tell you this. It applies to you. It applies to us no matter how it has been lately. We might not be able to push the reset button on our heart conveniently like the little machine here, but we can start new inside of our hearts. But a few truths that we see today, one of them, uh, if we're going to press the reset button in our heart, is this. We saw it in the scripture. We must not give up. Must not give up. Now, I know that's a little bit counterintuitive, right? I just told you if you push the button, you go back to the beginning, the past goes away. That is giving up. It's the very point of the button on the Nintendo. You were saying if you hit that button, hey, the game won. I need a fresh start. To reference Super Mario Brothers, I've been chomped by one too many spiky plants that come up out of pipes. That was a thing. There's no way I have enough lives saved up to get through all these levels that are ahead of me. You know, I used to be able to shoot fireballs and nothing could stop me. But now I'm a little small guy and I'm stuck and I'm never going to get past this part. If you're an 80s, 90s kid, you remember all these things. But what God is telling us in this passage this morning is that even if we can't start over from the beginning of our lives, we can start brand new in our hearts. And it begins with choosing in this moment where we sit today, where we stand today, that we will not give up. We will not give up. I'm not necessarily speaking of leaving life altogether, although that is, yes, that's the extreme form of giving up. What I'm talking more specifically about is not giving up on everything that is good. God is challenging us. Don't give up on everything that's good in your life. Because in this life, you have two choices. You're going to run into bad stuff, and you're going to run into good stuff. In this life, we have two choices. One of those choices is we can give up on what is good, and we can die a little more each day. Your heart can continue beating, you can continue breathing, but you can die a little more each day. It is possible to continue living, continue breathing, and technically live and live for many years, but not actually live the way God intended us to. It doesn't sound fun. But we all know people who have done it, just playing out the string. Maybe we, we've even had seasons in our lives where we've done it ourselves. Man, I'm just surviving to the next day, not enjoying any of this. Or we can choose to embrace where we are in life and not give up on what's good because there is good in every single one of our lives. I submit to you that choosing to not give up on what's good is the first step to not giving up. Choosing to not give up on what's good is the first step to not giving up. You may be asking the question, and it is a question that makes sense. Okay, well, how do I choose to not give up on what's good if I don't see anything good? You're saying there's good in your life. Well, what do I do if I don't see anything good? And the reason that there is hope for us today is because we serve a God that is good. The reason there's hope is because we serve a God that is good. And he is a God who does this amazing thing. He makes all things new. And we know that God makes all things new and that he's good from the messages that he has left us all throughout his word. His word that's right here in this book that's on the device you hold in your hand. His word that is alive and sharp as a two-edged sword is what it says. I have a couple of scriptures for you today that can encourage us in not giving up. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It's amazing. This verse is in a book called Lamentations, by the way. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, many times 
inside of our hearts, we become consumed with all that is not going our way. It's real easy to focus on the negative. Even as believers in Jesus, right, we sometimes start to feel like everything and everyone is against us. It's real easy to think if you wake up and you open up your phone, you know, whatever social media thing you go to or whatever, or you turn on the news or you listen to the radio, it's easy to feel like everything against us and say, well, you know what, society is just godless and it's becoming more godless and there's less and less good in the world. It's real easy as believers, people who come to church on a Sunday morning, to say, well, the world is less church than it's ever been. It's real easy to turn on the news and say, man, all I see is signs that the world is not getting better. It's getting worse. But I can tell you this morning that not giving up, it's not based on what's happening in the world. Our choice to not give up, it's based on God's new mercy. It's based on the streams that he creates in the nest in the desert. doesn't have anything to do with us. Friends, that's not just me coming up with a saying for you to write down or put on a screen. I just showed you the truth of that statement from two different scriptures. A steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. This is what it means to do what we read in Philippians chapter 3, to strain towards what is ahead. The word that Paul uses to strain or to strive, it's meant to evoke the thoughts of an athlete in the middle of a race. <clears throat> what Paul is describing here is, if you pay attention to athletics at all, is what we like to call grinding, right? If you hear someone talk about any type of athletic event, you'll hear him talk about, oh man, I'm just, I gotta grind right now. It's a really common way to describe the middle of any kind of athletic endeavor. The hardest part. The middle is always the worst. Because the middle is the part that's far away from the beginning, which is really exciting. And from the end, which is also exciting. The middle is oftentimes not so fun. Think about the middle of a long race. If you've ever done any distance running, man, the very beginning you feel pretty good. When you get to the last lap, it feels pretty good. But, man, in the middle, man, it's not as fun. Maybe you're thinking of the middle of an off-season where it seems like you're really far from getting to play the sport that you love. And as humans in this world, whether or not you would consider yourself a Christian or not, the ability to strive, the ability to not lose hope, it depends 100% on identifying with Jesus. The ability to not lose hope depends on identifying with Jesus. Friends, if you and I, if we're trying to find hope in the things of this world, we can probably fake our way through it for a while. Fake it till you make it, they say, right? We can go from new start to new start, hoping it fills the void inside of us, but it will inevitably become hollow. But the way that we can do what's on the front of the thing here, push the reset button in our heart, the way that we keep from giving up is not to work harder, but to know Jesus better. We don't work harder, we know Jesus better. Because Jesus is the one that brings the new mercy and the desert streams to us. Even in the midst of this world that we find ourselves in. Jesus is the one that brings the new mercy in the desert streams to us. We have to not give up. Another way that we press the reset button in our hearts, take a new start in our hearts, is we keep our eyes on the prize. Keep our eyes on the prize. One of the ways that we push reset in our heart, even in a world that often threatens to steal our joy, what we do is we identify a goal and we press towards it. This is what Paul talks about in verse 14 of Philippians chapter 3. Uh, the New Living Translation, which is the one uh, I read during the day right now, it has Paul saying, I press on to reach the end of the race. 
press on to reach the end of the race. To stick with the metaphor of the video games, since that's what we have on the table today, you reach out and you hit this button right here, the reset button, when you can no longer see a way to get to your ultimate prize. When you feel like it's going to take less time if you just start over than if you continue on your current path. Whether you are doing something in a game like rescuing a princess, think of Princess Toadstool, which for some reason was the princess's name in Super Mario Brothers. When you start to think it's inevitable that you will hear this sound, Manasseh has a sound for us. This is the one you hear. Followed by the throwing of a controller a lot of times. When you think it's inevitable you're going to hear that sound, what you do is you reach out and you mash that button. Fast forward a little bit in video games, right? If maybe you're trying to win a race, so it's this really popular game called Gran Turismo. You think, man, I'm hopelessly behind. Turn that thing off. Maybe uh, you love to play Madden. You're trying to win the Super Bowl. Or maybe we just go way back in time. Maybe you're trying to get the high score on a pinball machine so you can put your initials in there for everybody to see. You know, That was the cool thing to do for a while. You erase what you're doing, and you start over when you feel like you can't win. And that's what hitting the button does. Now, in a game, of course, when you hit the button, all the, quen all the consequences of your losing, they go away. But in life, even if we decide to start over, the consequences remain. They don't go away. It's not the way life works. So how do you hit the reset button in your heart? How do you keep your eye on the prize even though the consequences still exist? Well, just on a basic level, there's something we always need to remember, something I try to keep uh, at the forefront of my heart, and that's this. God did not design us to look backwards. That's why our eyes are in the front of our head and not the back. Didn't design us to look backwards. It's really obvious, right, that our eyes are, should be focused forward. But what we can't see as easily is that our heart is healthier when it's focused forward. Our heart is healthier when we're focused on what God has for us and not what we came from. When we are focused on the prize that's out in front of us. However, the change for us this morning might need to be in how we define the prize. How we define the prize. You see, God's idea of the prize and the world's idea of the prize are not the same. Because here's the thing, the, the world's idea of the prize or the goal, the world's idea of the prize or the goal, it's defined by possessions. It's defined by numbers in a bank account. It's defined by status. It's defined by perfect pictures on Instagram or Facebook or whatever you use. And when the going gets tough, if that's how your prize is defined, when the going gets tough, the motivation to keep going is like the next comma in the checking account. The next best housing development with a bigger gate, bigger yards. Maybe the motivation is the next title that will be placed upon us so more people see us. Now, none of those, we have to say, none of those are inherently bad things. In fact, all of those have the potential to be very good. It's really good to take care of your family, leave an inheritance for your kids if you can. There are people in every subdivision, poorest to richest, that need to know Jesus. You never know who your neighbor might be when you move into a new place. Raising your family in a safe place, having a great place to gather with people in the name of the Lord is such a valuable thing. And often, man, if the Lord gives you visibility, if you have a higher status, you can point more people to the gospel. Those are all, can be good things. The problem is not in those things at all. The problem is when the things become the prize. It's not the things themselves. The problem is when the things become the prize. 
Because if the things that we accomplish on earth are what we are striving to get to, you will inevitably get there. You can do it. You'll get there, but the problem is you get there and it doesn't make you feel how you thought it would make you feel. And when it doesn't make us feel the way we thought it would make us feel, then we find something else to occupy our attention. We switch prizes that we're going towards. And what's so interesting about Paul and what he writes here in Philippians is that Paul, when he writes this, he had had what people in the time would have called success and influence. He had everything. We don't have time to unpack it today. It's really, really super deep. But if you rewind Philippians chapter 3, 1 through 6, Paul talks about the things that he had that made him a great person, according to society. Paul was from the right tribe. If you were a Jewish person, you wanted to be from the right tribe. Paul, he was the best at obeying all of the Hebrew rules, all the all the rules in the Jewish culture. Paul knew the law. Paul knew the Torah, the Old Testament. He knew it better than anybody else knew it. He was the first one that was able to and allowed to call someone out when they got outside the rules and regulations. He was the first one to say, you made a mistake and I get to stand above you and judge you. Paul, who wrote this, he had status because of his knowledge and his heritage. Paul says in verse 7 of chapter 3, if we rewind a little bit in the NLT, he says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Well, Paul is saying that, that, yes, these things, they hold value on earth, but compared to knowing Jesus, they do not. So what Paul says is he's no longer pressing on towards those things. So if he's not pressing on towards those things, what is he pressing towards? Well, we're in church, so the obvious answer is, yeah, yeah, we're pressing towards Jesus. That's what we would say in church. That's the obvious answer, and you would be right. But look at what Paul says specifically in verse 10, thinking about going towards the prize. Verse 10 says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, and when you put it like that, that does sound pretty awesome. I do want to know resurrection. That sounds amazing. Resurrection sounds like something we would all want. But if we look at the next part, we see just how deeply Paul is committed to Jesus. It says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of resurrection. But next it says, and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. Put those two parts together and it leads us to the conclusion that in order to be resurrected, death has to come first. We all want the resurrection, but death has to come before resurrection. Yes, the ultimate prize to press towards if you are a Christian is one day we have eternal life in heaven. But in order for us as humans to have eternal life in heaven, we must put our old self to death. There has to be death before there's resurrection. When we put our old self to death, then yes, there is resurrection with Jesus. And while we're on earth, resetting our heart means resetting the prize we are running towards. We're not running towards status, but we're running towards laying our life down. It's becoming more of a disciple of Jesus each day. It's running towards death and resurrection and not status and other signs. See, we're called to keep our eyes on the prize. But it's quite possible that for me and for you, the prize looks different than we've always thought. You have this little card. has a picture of Pastor Chase's Nintendo on it. 
It's got these things. So I, uh, I've got six things here, and I encourage you, just take this with you. Use that as a bookmark in your Bible or, or whatever. And these are things that will help us focus more on laying our lives down, becoming more of a disciple each day. Read the four Gospels. If you don't know who Jesus is, how he applies to your life, go read the four Gospels. Look for the places where he says things that don't make any sense to the people around him, where he challenges his friends and his foes. Number two, it might sound like a, a silly thing to say at church, silly thing to care about, but make a plan for less social media. I can almost guarantee you, if you use social media at all, you'll be closer to Jesus if you do it less. Uh, make a budget and follow it. Spend more time outside, and everything outside is stuff that God created, and there is beauty, and he speaks through it. There's nothing that will turn your attention towards Jesus and the things of God than praying for others. Find a place to serve in church. All of those things will help us become more of a disciple of Christ, will help us uh, reset where our focus is, reset what our heart believes the prize is. Maybe in 2024 for you, the way you press reset in your heart is you change what prize you're running towards. Finally, if we're going to reset our hearts in the new year, we got one more thing. We must leave what's lost behind. Now, leaving what's lost behind, this is, of course, in the, the sense we're talking about today. You reach out and you just smash this button. Wherever you are in the game that you happen to be playing, you do not want to be at that spot anymore. Maybe most likely because you are losing. If you played this game with like a sibling or uh, a close family member or a good friend, any of these games, sometimes you would be losing and you just accidentally reach out. Oh, man, I hit the button. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I think these days my sons call it rage quitting. Is that a thing? <laughs> like you throw the controller or something, it stops working. There's actually a version of this that does not involve video games. It's when you're playing a board game and you just accidentally stand up and flip the board game over. Oh, too bad. I guess we'll have to start over. You're leaving what's lost behind. You want to leave that losing behind and start over. It's the most common probably in sports games. If you play sports video games, when I played video games, that was a lot of what I played. I know it's not so much of an issue with modern games because you can, you can save every five seconds. Because you can save in the middle of a game before a critical play. But on one of these bad boys right here on the original Nintendo, the save process, if there was one, it was pretty rudimentary. Sometimes you had to hit this combination of buttons. It didn't work all the time. Half the time, if you were able to save it, it gave you this really long code of numbers and letters, like 20 or 25 letters long. It was easy to mess up, and also you're eight or nine years old, so you don't write the letters very well. You inevitably lost your progress. Maybe that was just me. Uh, but the idea is that maybe you were playing through a season, right, in this sports video game. The next game you are playing is the biggest one of the season. The one you are currently in, the game you're in is against one of the worst teams that you should be able to beat 100 to 0. But you feel like the computer's cheating. Every time you're supposed to win, the computer cheats. Keeps making you lose. If you're not familiar with these games, it's like fake penalties and random injuries or glitches that lead to interceptions or fumbles. Like you can go, on modern games, they have instant replay. You can go watch the replay and the ball will travel through your person to the other person so the computer can intercept you. So what you do is you make sure your progress is saved before the game starts. And if the computer starts cheating, you just reach out. I'm just going to start over. I've had enough. Man, if only life were so simple, right? Maybe at one point we had a goal that we decided to work towards. 
And that goal, it seemed good. It seemed like it was God, from God, and it even seemed like it was attainable with a little bit of hard work. And if we turn around and we look back, we can really easily see where things went sideways, but it's too late now. We've already made the mistakes. And man, if we're honest, life kind of seems like it's cheating a little bit. It's like the game knew what was going to happen before it happened. Man, all of us have been there where it seems like we're doing everything right. We're following the plan, and the plan has worked up until now. The things that we can't foresee, uh, they just continually happen. Here's to pick something really basic, right? Maybe it's some type of health goal. You pick a health goal, right? Uh, uh, a weight or something, and no matter how much you exercise, no matter how many calories you count, something always happens. Injury happens or emergency that disrupts your routine. Maybe what you have to do is get up and go to the gym and you find out that's just not happening. You're not getting up before work and going to the gym. No matter how much exercise, no matter how many calories you count, something always happens. This is the classic one because a lot of times, beginning of a year, people go out and they pay for a gym membership, right? And then you wish you could go back and actually use it. <laughs> Or never buy it in the first place. You wish one of those two things. Go back and use it or never get it in the first place. If only there was a button you could push. Go back to the beginning. Try that decision over again. Then you could take what you know and you could apply it to the journey. Life isn't like a game. And if we're going to reset our hearts, which we can do today, we have to learn to leave what's lost behind. We said a few moments ago that God gave us two eyes that point forward for a reason. And Paul tells us that this is part of sharing in the death and resurrection of Jesus, pointing our eyes forward. Look at the second half of verse, thing, verse 13. This is a really famous thing from Paul. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. Well, this morning... I don't know all of your stories, just like you don't know all of my story. You guys know a fair bit of mine because I get to talk about it all the time. I don't know where all of you have been. I don't know what you faced. I don't know what you failed at. I don't know what you've overcome and what you've succeeded at. What I do know, and I know this for sure, is that we'll never find what God has for us if we're looking backwards. You'll never find what God has for you if you are busy looking backwards. And I know that's because what the Bible says Right here, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining on toward what is ahead. Something that's, of course, much easier said than done is leaving our mistakes in the past. But even if it's difficult for us to leave our mistakes in the past, it's God's desire for us and it's something that we should do. We know this from all sorts of scriptures in the Bible, but from one of our favorites, this is the one that's printed on all of our baptism certificates now. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you probably know it by heart because I quote it like every three weeks. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. You see, friends, for us, if we're going to reset our hearts today, we have to remember that because of the power of Jesus' death and his resurrection, that we get to join him uh, in that death and resurrection when we accept him. The old has passed away. 
I think it's important to say today that attempting at all costs to recapture the good that has already happened, it's just as dangerous as focusing on the not so good. It's pretty obvious to say, well, you shouldn't focus on your past. Not that it's easy, but it's kind of obvious. Not as obvious to say, well, you shouldn't focus on the good that happened before. Here's the problem. If we never turn our eyes forward, we can't walk into the good that we haven't discovered yet. The good from before might be awesome, but focusing on the good that used to be, it can hinder us from seeing what can be. I believe God wants us to know this morning is this church, is his people, as we reset and we refocus our hearts that uh, I believe this, friends, God has better plans for us in the year ahead than we know about. God has better plans for us in the year ahead than we know about. If you're like me this morning during this first week of 2024, you've spent some time doing some pretty common things, remembering to type 24 or write 24 instead of 23. You've spent some time reflecting on all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God has better plans for you than you know about. I can tell you 100% for certain, we are so excited to have a baby girl on March 6th. Uh, It was not the plan that I had January 1st, 2023. Not that we didn't hope for it. We just thought it wasn't happening. God has better plans for us than we have for ourselves. The great thing about pushing the button on the front of this console is that everything from before just magically goes away. And applying what we talked about today, applying these verses from Philippians, it doesn't necessarily do that. But what we must know about what has happened up to this point is that our past, it does not stop existing, but there's no reason it has to define us. Our past does not stop existing, but it does not have to define you. Now, actually pretending what happened before doesn't exist, it's not helpful at all. It's actually hurtful. In fact, part of doing what we're talking about right now, leaving what's lost behind, is thinking critically about it. Thinking about, man, how did that go sideways? What could I have done better? What can I do better next time? When we think critically about it, then it has no power to define us. If we don't deal with our past honestly, good or bad, it does have the power to define us. Oftentimes we come to a day like this and and we're reflecting, but we're also looking forward. It means that we do a lot of things. Hopefully it means that we thank God for the good. We thank God for the good. Friends, there's good in your life. We ask forgiveness for the not so good. We trust God to bring things back to our heart that need to be revisited. And then we set our hearts on becoming more and more like Jesus each day, becoming a disciple. Final thought for you before we get ready to close. Uh, I'm certain that you, like me, you have things that you dearly hope for in your heart. Things that in the deepest part of you, man, you just hope they happen. Can I just encourage you one final thing? God does more with our hope when we give it to him than we do if we hold it tightly. We give our hopes and our dreams to God with an open hand. Man, he can take us places we couldn't imagine. Today, friends, we can have new hope in our heart if we refuse to give up, if we keep our eyes on the prize, if we leave what's lost behind. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes so we just reflect on what God is doing right now? If you're here uh, and you, uh, you hear me talking about this, about Jesus and salvation and laying our life down, 
you're here and you need to receive salvation, quite literally, you need to hit reset inside of your heart. Start new today. You may need to completely reset your heart and your life. If you came here today and you were looking for a new start, you need to know that's available to you today. You can lay your life down so you can have new life in Christ. You can do that today. God's word says that we're all sinners, but Jesus died and rose so that we can be forgiven of our sins. But we have to do, just repent, say to Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, would you forgive me? And in this moment where we are right now, every single one of you in this place, you can do that in this moment. You can ask Jesus to forgive you. You can become a new person. You can literally push the reset button in your heart this morning. We always approach this part of the service a little differently each week. And I'm just going to give you a moment right now to um, talk to God about what he may do. And if God has laid on your heart, hey, you need to accept me today. I would just encourage you, whisper a prayer to to God today and say, God, I accept you. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? I believe in you. You save me by your grace. Ask Jesus to forgive you. Take a moment. Do that this morning in your heart if you need to. If you're here this morning and you need to rededicate your life, you've known the Lord, but you're far from him today. Just to encourage you, return to him today. As fast and as far as you've been running, he's one step behind. Lord, I pray over your people today. We love you and we place our hope and our trust in you. And I pray for those that are in this place. If they're honest, when they walked in, they were far from you. I pray that you would literally reset everything in their heart. Their consequences might not go away, but Jesus, they can have a new start with you. Would you let them be washed clean? As they whispered a prayer to you, sincerely from the bottom of their heart, would you wash them clean? Lord, for those that uh, they've known you for a long time and maybe they've wandered, pray you would just recall them today. Call their name. Let them hear your voice clearly. We place our trust in you. Friends, you can look up this morning. One final thing we're going to do. You should have all gotten on your way in an envelope and an index card. Uh, If you didn't get one, uh, you can raise your hand and Pastor Wendy or Al will just make sure that you get one. And uh, here is what we're going to do. We did this uh, last year this time. If you were here last year, we had you write some hopes and some dreams down on these index cards. And you sealed it in the envelope and you put your name and your address on the front and you should be receiving those in the mail anytime if you haven't yet. Now I would encourage you this morning as we get ready to do this, the Pastor Joey and uh, Simone and the team, they're going to lead us in this song, I Will Make Room. I would encourage you... Uh, if you've got stuff to write down, sure, write it down right now. But I would encourage you to be write down one of the things from today that God maybe has spoken to you about, refusing to give up, keeping your eyes on the prize. Maybe it's just leaving what's in the past in the past. But I encourage you, write down uh, which of the three points maybe you need to focus on in 2024. No matter where you're from, here or far away. Write your address down on the front of this envelope and we'll send it to you. But I encourage you, write down, these are not New Year's resolutions, but write down some hopes and some dreams. Ask God to give you a little faith. 
And I encourage you this morning, write down some things that might seem like a stretch. Things that you can't do without God's help. Because here's the thing, if you can write something down without trying, it's just a checkbox. If you can do all the things that you write down without God, then it's just something that you've decided to do. Not necessarily a hope and a dream. I want to encourage you as they get ready to lead us, ask God to give you some hope and some faith today. You're going to play through the song, so you have five minutes or so. Ask God to give you some hopes and some dreams. When you're done, put the card in the envelope, seal it, write your name and address on the front. I'll come up and pray at the end of the song and, and send us on our way. And on your way out, there'll be someone with a bucket. You could drop it in the bucket. We'll make sure they get to you next year. Like I said, hopefully you should see the ones you made last year if you were here uh, showing up anytime. But ask God to give you some hopes. Ask God to give you some new dreams inside of your heart this morning. Allow him to push reset inside of you if he needs to. Guys, would you lead us this morning? Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at engageboise.com. Have an amazing day.